0: Uh, father has experienced that 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 uh that time where they say that was a funny dad that really wasn't funny um but yeah so it, that was the bad joke group of dads you know who are always telling bad jokes right so we're so thankful that you're that you're here today and um we're gonna have a good time just letting everybody know what great things that we have in store for uh you here at RCC. also don't forget real quickly the last Sunday of the month will be our Baptism Sunday. Amen. Let's put those hands together for Baptism Sunday. And so um, that baptism is going to start at 1130. Uh, It's going to be upstairs. There's a pool we have upstairs and um, we're going to be um, dunking some people in the pool. All right. So uh, if you're one of those people that want to be dunked on the way out, stop by the hub table, uh, give them your name and your information. There will be a class the week before. Uh, You'll be getting a call. Um, 30-minute classes explaining what baptism is, the importance of baptism, and why it matters that you as a Christian are baptized. Amen? So we're excited about that. Also, don't forget um, that we invite you every Sunday at 1030 to be a part of the growth track. Uh, Many people, you get saved, and then it's like, now what? I'm saved, now what? Guess what? It's more than just coming to church. Amen? God has a plan for you. So we want to help you discover that plan, really come into what God has called you to do. Some people walking around the earth, they don't even know their gifts, they don't know what God called them to do, and we want to help you do that. Amen. We want to help you pinpoint what God has called you to do. And I believe in all my heart, it starts here first in the church, right? It starts here first in the church, and then it starts out in the world. Jesus went, chose his disciples, brought them into him, and then he was able to take what their gifts and skills were and put it outside in the world. So we want to help you do that. Somebody say next steps. Next steps. Somebody say next steps. All right, we're going to help you do that. And then lastly, real quickly, uh, way, way of announcement, don't forget Saturday prayer. Man, if you was not on the line this past Saturday, it was an awesome time we had in prayer. We want to encourage you. We believe that uh, for us to really win the city of Philadelphia for Jesus, it's going to take prayer. How many people believe that it's going to take prayer? Prayer precedes everything. Amen? And so we're asking you today that if you have not, uh, if you want to get part of this prayer, you can do it from home. In the newsletter, there is the uh, information for you to dial in. You can dial in from the comfort of your home. It's only 30 minutes, right? And we're praying for you on Sundays. We're praying for the city. We're praying for your families. We're praying for your loved ones. Amen? And so that's really, really important. So uh, we want to encourage you to do that. And don't forget that Sundays are the day. Amen? On your way out, also pick up these little tiny invite cards. Amen? How many people know somebody that needs Jesus? You know somebody? All right, if you don't, you can meet some of my people because I know a lot of people that need Jesus. So if you're out of people that need Jesus, just let me know and we'll be able to help you. But, man, what an awesome thing to uh, grab one of these cards. It'll be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Y'all quiet today. Come on now. All right? So pick some up. You can write your name on the back of it. Get a Sharpie. Write your name, and you're asking that person to be your guest. All right? To be your guest. You know, sometimes people kind of take a chill pill, but we want to make sure that they uh, don't take too chill of a pill. All right? <laughs> make sure that they get connected to what God has called them to do. Amen? Uh, so, listen, I, wanna, I want to uh, do part two of this um I call it a mini series. It it turned out to be a series. It wasn't supposed to be. Of uh, spiritual warfare, right? Spiritual warfare. Um, Really kind of bring some, put some legs and some arms and stuff to this whole concept of spiritual warfare and what it means, right? Um, It's going to be really good. And so uh, this is part two. Next week's going to be part three, where we're going to be talking about the armor. I'm going to close it next week, talking about the armor of God. Right? Yeah, that's a really good scripture in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We talked about the breastplate, the shield, and all that stuff. We're going to be talking about I'm going to try to get as visual for you as possible. So, may get a little uh, army person up here, all right? Uh, but we are in a battle, right? So, last week, we, we really talked about the fact that we are in a battle. Many people think that, uh, you know, you just come to church, but, you know, the enemy does not want you to be at church, right? He would rather you be home, sleep, like a lot of other people, right? <laughs> or out at the beach or doing whatever. Uh, but God has a plan for you, right? And the enemy is going to do everything he can to stop that plan. Uh, we took our text from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 12 through 13. And he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You see that? We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So your brother or your sister or your coworker, your boss is not your enemy, Right? We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world. And the enemy gets people trapped because they try to fight a spiritual battle in the natural. A spiritual battle in the natural, right? So although we're not fighting a flesh and blood battle, the enemy does use people to frustrate you. (laughs) Come on, come on. And let me say this, he has used you to frustrate people. (laughs) You see that one coming, right? Yeah, he sure uses people against me, and he's used you to frustrate other people, right? And so watch this. He needs people. And just like he uses people, God uses people, right? And the here's the great thing is you have something called a will where you can choose who uses you, right? You choose that. You don't have to be used by the enemy. You can be used by God, right? And we're going to talk about that. So after mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits, the Bible says, the heavenly places, therefore... Here it, is. Here it is. He knows there's a battle, and he says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. You cannot go to the battlefield naked. Imagine a man in the battlefield, and he goes out with nothing, no no, anything, no gun, no helmet, no nothing. He goes out naked thinking he's going to win. He's not going to win that battle, right? But we're in a spiritual battle, and many of us enter this battle naked. No prayer, no worship, no nothing, and God's saying, How do you, you can't get mad at him when he's giving you? He says, But guess what? I've given it to you, but you got to put it on. Come on, do you see that? It says put on every piece of God's armor, which means that it's not automatically on you. You have to put it on. Come on, you can't just stand there and automatically pray. You have to pray, you have to do the work. Come on, somebody. So if the enemy's messing with your family. You got to do the work. You got to pray. You got to bind. You got to loose. You got to take authority over the enemy in your life. Amen. Come on. Amen. Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Why? So that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. That's some good stuff right there. How do I win, Pastor? He tells you right there in verse 13. Put on that armor. So that you can resist the enemy, and then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Man, that's a good stuff right there. You will still be standing firm. How many people want to win this battle? You don't want to lose. Come on. And so I want to give you every tool necessary for you to win on today. I love this quote here by Tony Evans. Take a picture if you want. He defines spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is the cosmic conflict waged in the invisible. Right, spiritual realm, but simultaneously flesh out in the physical, physical, visible. Sorry, visible, physical realm. To put it another way, the root of the war, of the war, are clearly seen and felt. So it happens in the spiritual realm, but you see the effects in the earthly realm. Makes sense, right? That's not hard to believe because people think of things before they act out things, right? You think of things first before you act out things. And so, therefore, when we talk about what you're thinking about, that person that acted that thing out didn't just act it out. There was something going on in the invisible. There was a thought process going on in the invisible. And the enemy kept strengthening that invisible per- that invisible picture to get them to act out something. He says, so it's in the invisible that acts out in the visible. And it's felt this is because everything physical is either Influence are caused by something spiritual. Everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Everything that is physical. Everything. Everything that is physical came from somewhere in the spirit. So the question is, are you creating from the right place? Are you living from the right place? Right? Don't let the enemy take charge of your mind. Look at the scripture in Colossians 1 and 13. It says, For he has rescued us From the kingdom of darkness how many people remember when you were in the kingdom of darkness you were in the wrong kingdom remember those days I know you're all saved now you're perfect but there was a day when we was in the wrong kingdom right serving the wrong God doing the wrong thing but Jesus came and he transferred us where into the kingdom of his dear son so guess what there's only two kingdoms there's no in between I'm my own person no you're not You're serving one of the two. You're either in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the enemy. Either or, that's it. There is no in between. There is no like in the middle. There is no I serve neither. You serve one of them. You just don't know it. And the only way you can serve the kingdom of God, he says, if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. He says that quickly you are what? Transferred into the kingdom of God. Out of the kingdom of darkness. So when we see all the stuff that's going on today, all the chaos, all the things, man, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see what's happening in society today. Why? Because there's something going on in the spiritual realm. And as believers, we can't just come to church and go home. We have to learn how to fight. Now, when you wasn't saved, some of y'all did nothing but fight. Come on, y'all quiet. I'm almost there. When y'all wasn't saved, you did nothing but fight. After you got saved, all of a sudden, now you became a wimp. Come on, don't, be a, don't get saved and become a wimp. Come on, talk to me here, somebody. Don't get saved and become a wimp. Now it's like, you know, I just, I'm just trying. I, I, I'm just trying to make it. You know, <laughs> they used to sing a song when I was growing up, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. How many of y'all ever heard that song? I'm coming up on the rough. I mean, it just sounds like I just want to get a, just a rope and just hang my. It, it just sounds so depressing. Right? No victory, no I am triumph, no greatest he that is in me than he that is in the world. No, I can do all things through Christ. With I'm coming up. That's not how God wants you living. Come on. He doesn't want you living like that, right? He wants you living in victory. Somebody shout victory. Come on. Y'all got to shout victory. I'm coming. All right. <laughs> That's not what you're doing. You're not coming up on the rough side of a mountain. Right? Every day I ask Brother Ben today, how you doing? He says, Pastor, I have a good life. I'm living good. Right? You you, you want want to be around. That's the kind of person I want to hang around. Now somebody say, how you doing? I'm just making it, Pastor. (laughs) If God's will, I'm still here. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. I mean, come on. You got to get some victory. You got to get excited about what God has for you. You got to let the world know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The enemy wants you to press and oppress, but God said, I have come that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. Some of you don't look like you're living. (laughs) Lord, help them to live in Jesus' name. Help them to live. Look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 4. Write this down. Satan, who is the God of this world, This world, come on, I don't have time to go into it, but there's a difference between the earth and the world. He is the God of this world, which means this system, this structure, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. You see that? He has blinded the eyes of the mind. I love it because when we talk about your mind being blind, it equals to your eyes being blind. There are people whose minds just don't get it. And it's not that they're slow. They're people who graduate from Ivy League colleges whose minds are blinded. It's a spiritual thing. Y'all hearing me here, somebody? It's spiritual blindness. It's a spirit they can't see. It's a demonic blindness that's over their eyes, and God will save you who is close to them to pray the blindness off of their eyes. Somebody prayed for you? (laughs) Somebody prayed you into the kingdom. Come on. Somebody didn't stop calling out you. You may not even know who that person is, but their true intercessors can pick up people's names that they never met and pray and intercede for them. Come on. This time, God will put a city in my heart. I pray for a city that I've never been to, don't plan on going to, but there's something going on that God will put in my spirit to pray for that city. True spiritual intercessors can pick up people in the spirit they never met and pray and intercede. Somebody's praying for you. And if you don't know that person, guess what? The Bible says that Jesus is also praying for you. Now, who better than Jesus? I mean, I I, I believe I can get a prayer through, but Jesus can get a prayer through. Come on, somebody. And he says he's praying. He's making intercession for you. So you can't fail. How can you fail with Jesus praying for you? I thought you'd be a little bit more excited about that. I thought you'd be a little bit more. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Watch this. It says, they are unable to see the glorious light. They can't see. Their minds are blind. They can't see. The glorious light of the good news. No matter how much you tell them, the good news. But guess what? The Bible says, one plant, another water. God sends the increase. So it's not your job to get people saved. It's your job to present Jesus so they can re- make their own decision to receive Christ, right? I wish I had a magic wand to get everybody saved, <laughs> right? Be saved, be saved, see, 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 see. That'd be awesome. But that's not how this goes, right? You pray, you intercede for your loved ones, and before we leave today, we're gonna be praying for our loved ones. They don't understand this message about the good, about the glory of Christ, who is exact likeness of God. So how many people have some blind loved ones? You have some blind loved ones. I have some blind loved ones. My gosh. And I'm praying that they get saved and they find who Jesus is. Right? I got some co-workers who are just blind. I'm praying. I tell them about Jesus and they know I'm saved and I'm sending them scriptures every now and then. And I'm praying God saved them, right? They're blind, but God will use you to release that blind. So the enemy does not want you to be a vessel by God to take blindness off of people's eyes. So if he can keep you discouraged, he can stop you from doing what God's called you to do. Does that, that make sense? If he can keep you discouraged, then he can stop you from doing what God has called you to do. So you have to be encouraged. Somebody say, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Look at somebody right and you say, be encouraged. be encouraged. Somebody may feel heavy this week. Be encouraged. Right? David says, sometimes I have to encourage myself. Man, I've had many days. Many days. <laughs> where I had to look in the mirror and encourage my own self. All the people I know, nobody nobody picked me up. I couldn't find them. I had to get in the mirror and say, Andre, you're going to make it, brother. <laughs> Don't give up. Hang in there. Keep doing what God told you to do. It's going to get better. you got to be encouraged because the enemy will use the weapon of discouragement to paralyze your movement. Gosh. The enemy will use the weapon of discouragement to paralyze your movements. The pressure is not of God. He wants you filled with joy. I love the scripture in Daniel. We're almost there. Can I have 10 more minutes? You're almost, you ready? You're good? He will defy. I love this because we know this, 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 this story of Daniel. How many people heard of Daniel in the Bible? You heard of Daniel? Daniel, we all know Daniel in the lion's den, right? Daniel in the lion's den. He was in, but do you know why he got into the lion's den? Let's talk about that. That's where the revelation really is. How did Daniel end up in the lion's den? Uh, the Bible says that he was getting promoted. He was getting all these great things. He had found favor with the king, right? And then there were those magistrates, those who were around him who had position what would be considered governors and people high authority centers, who were intimidated by his excellence and his promotion. And the Bible says in verse 25, uh, he will defy the Most High God and wear down. This is what the enemy comes to do. He looks to defy, and this is this is going to be powerful. The enemy looks to defy the most high God and wear down the saints. How many people have you felt weary? If he can't stop you, he try to make you feel weary, right? You, you, you can't, don't let him make you feel weary. With what? Persecution. He will try to change laws, morals, and customs. Take a picture of that scripture. That's a powerful scripture. I'm going to show you in Daniel how he tried to do this. We'll put this, put this to work. The Bible says that the enemy's job is to wear down the saints Right? I'm come that's you right there. We're- I'm coming up on the rough side. I'm just trying to make it. Come on, <laughs> wear down the saints, right? And then he looks, once he gets the church weary and tired, he looks to change laws, morals, and customs. Wow. The enemy is strategic. The enemy is strategic. This is what he does. Right? Bible says, but he has given us, the believers, the power and authority. We are on the front line, church. God has planted RCC in Philadelphia to pray and to come against principalities. There's a drug problem in the city. There's prostitution in the city. There's crime in the city. The enemy is trying to redefine marriage, trying to redefine laws and all these things. But guess what? We are the front line. Come on, somebody. We are the one that he is depending on to be the banner of truth and speak the word of God. But he can't Do it if you're all weary (laughs) and you're worn down. Sometimes you you can be on vacation and still feel weary. (laughs) Right? Look at your neighbor and say, Don't get weary. weary. Come on, tell them, Don't get weary. weary. Look at the scripture real quickly. Daniel chapter 6, I'm going to go back, I'm going to come back to Corinthians. Daniel chapter 6, look, let's look at Daniel. Let's look at what happened with Daniel with this. At this, the, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. Here he goes because he he's, he's, has too much influence, right, in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So they tried to find issues with him at work, but they couldn't find any issues for him at work because he was a man of integrity. Right, Which means that warfare at your job is not uncommon. The Bible says they did it back in Daniel's day. So he'll always look for ways to intimidate you and stop you. And the Bible says they tried to find something in how he conducted himself in the government affairs because he was in government at this time. And they couldn't find anything because everything he did, he did according to integrity and excellence. They could find no corruption in him. Man, can the enemy say that about you? Y'all are quiet. Come on, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Which means that write this down. This is important. Here, here, here's a strategy of spiritual warfare. When the enemy comes against you, he will first look for weakness in you to use against you. I'm glad you're here, Pastor because everybody else is like yarning. You know, come on, come on. He will look for stuff in your character to use as a door opener first. So the first thing they did was they looked for something within Daniel's own behavior. James said this. He said that when you are tempted, don't say you are tempted of God because God does not tempt you with evil, but you are tempted when you are drawn away by your own lust and desires. So what temptation is not God tempting you. You can only be, be tempted by something that's going on on the inside. Temptation is a sign of things you need to clean up in the house. Come on, y'all are quiet. Come on, y'all are quiet. Y'all are quiet. That's a sign of things that's going on in the house. If there's something that's tempting you that should not be tempting you, that's God saying, hey, you got got to work on that because that that shouldn't be bothering you right now. That shouldn't. That shouldn't. You got got to work it. you got to get rid of that. Right? So the first thing they did was try to find something that was in his character, in his ways, in his behavior to use against him, but they could find no corruption in him. I pray, God, they can say that about me one day. I'm working on that, I'm working on that, working on that, where there'll be nothing found in me. Verse 5 said, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Do you see that? We can't find anything in his character. We can't find anything he's done wrong. He does everything with excellent. So we need to change the law that can stop him from seeking his God, because we know he'll never stop doing that. Spiritual warfare. When you get home, I you read the whole chapter 6 of Daniel, because the Bible says that they went. they went to the king, got the law changed, that for 30 days no one should pray. No praying for 30 days. Daniel knew the law. The Bible says Daniel goes home, opens up his window. He didn't do it in secret. (laughs) He opened up his window and prayed like he did every day. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the enemy wanted to change laws in order to change his behavior. That's what strongholds do. That's what demonic principality. We're talking about warfare here, right? It looks to change laws to change your behavior. Maybe this is too heavy for you today. Maybe this, 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 may, this may be too much. I don't know. Too too. But well, don't choke. Just cut it up, all right? Cut it up real good. They couldn't find any corruption in him. So watch this. When we see what's going on in society today, I'm almost there. It is symbolic of this Daniel chapter 6 where the enemy wants to change laws in order to change, they thought that if they change the law, they can get Daniel to stop praying. But Daniel opened up his window, and he prayed as he always prayed, Sean. and guess what? They saw him praying, and that's how he ended up in the lion's den. But because he was following the law of the kingdom, even though he was in the lion's den, guess who was in the lion's den with him? Jesus was in the lion's den with him. So we're not going to be a church that compromises. Come on, somebody. Talk to me here, somebody. We're not going to be a church that conforms to the law of the customs of this world. We're going to make sure that we stay committed to what God has called us to do. And that's not easy in a day of compromise. That's not easy in a day of compromise, but we know that God has called us to do an assignment. I love the scripture in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. It says, if I shut up heaven, so no rain falls, or if I command locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people... If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. It says no matter what, if I shut up heaven, if I do all these things, God said if I can find the people who can stand in the gap, I'll still do the work. Come on, I'll make exceptions if I can find the people. Come on, somebody. I'll do something miraculous if I can find the people. If I can find the people, no matter what, I will honor the prayers of my people. Verse 15, now my eyes will be opened and my ears will be attentive to prayer offered in this place. We want RCC to be the place that God is attentive to. I want this to be the church that people, that they know that this is where people come to get prayers answered. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. This is where they come. Are y'all with me here today? This is where they come to get prayers answered because there's the people that have turned from their wicked ways and we're seeking on the face of the Lord. We're crying out to God, believing him to do the supernatural. And when we do that, we will see laws begin to change because authority in the spiritual realm will begin to change we'll begin to see the church respected again. Because right now the church is not respected. Philly, I mean, they're they're taking churches and turning them into condos. Because churches are closing down, uh, just closing down. I was reading a study the other day, and it talked about 80-something percent of people in Philadelphia don't even go to church. Man, there's a harvest out here. There's a harvest out here. But God's looking for his people that don't mind battling for somebody else. And standing in the gap. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm going to stand in the gap. Oh, y'all sound quiet today. Say, I'm going to stand in the gap. Rules of engagement. I'm going to close with this. Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. Learning how to pray. Now, this, you're not gonna, you don't have to pray for eight hours. You don't have to pray for two hours. If you start praying, pray for five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. It takes you longer to eat a bowl of cereal. Come on. I mean, you can... Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Come on. Brush your teeth longer than that. My goodness. I mean, prayer. Prayer is important, right? But you know, when you first start praying, that five minutes is going to feel like five hours. Let's be for real. Come on. It's going to feel like five hours. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to write down some things to pray for. Before you do your little five-minute prayer, you're going to write down five or six things. You're going to spend a minute on each thing. Whatever you got to do to build that habit, come on here, somebody. You gotta do that, right? Right? When I get up in the morning to pray, sometimes God wakes me up at 4:30, sometimes wakes me up at 5. I don't wanna get up. And when I get up, I can't say I'm gonna pray right here in the bed. You know, that, that's not real. How many of y'all had do, those days, right? I'm gonna pray in the bed, God. I'm gonna pray right here. Like, no, 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 no. You gotta I I get up, I start walking. If I pray in the bed, guess what? There gonna be no prayer going on. Right? So, right, you're going right back to sleep. Right? So you got to get up. You, you, you gotta, the David says, yeah, I, I had to put my flesh under subjection so that I can do what God has called me to do. Somebody said I can do what God has called me to do. Scripture in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 and 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Here we go. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but a mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The battle starts here in the mind. The battle starts here in the mind. This last scripture, this last definition I want to give, Once want you write this down, what a stronghold is. It is a place dominated by a particular group or characteristic. A place dominated by a particular group or characteristics. If you think that you just you're not in the battle, you're sadly mistaken. We are in a battle, and God has given you weapons. He's given you armor. This word is just not a book. It's a sword. Are you hearing me? It's a sword. When the enemy hears you spitting out this word, he gets intimidated by this. Come on, he gets intimidated by the word. He doesn't want you doing that. I'll have prayer in my house. I got my blessed oil. I'll anoint all, but my whole household gets anointed. We got to go back to the days of using blessed oil. When's the last time you used blessed oil in your house? We don't shy away from using blessed oil. Come on, we, we, we don't do that anymore because we would say, oh, it don't take all that. Yes, it does. The Bible says that. If there's any sick among you, let them go to the elder. But he said, you can also use oil and pray and anoint them. When David got anointed by the King Samuel, by the prophet Samuel, he poured oil on him. Right? And we're going to be teaching you how to use the power of blessed oil. Not cooking Crisco oil, some blessed oil. Right? that, That oil works. You start getting pain in your body, get that blessed oil, pray for yourself. In the name of Jesus, I command this pain to leave my body right now in Jesus' name. The Bible says Paul would take cloths from his shirt and hand them out to people, and the anointing that was on his life got transferred to the cloth, and they would get healed when they got that cloth. We got to go back to doing the things that look foolish to the world, but that are wise to God. Come on, we're so busy on making sure we look right to the world and making sure they don't think we're crazy. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. Come on, somebody. I don't care if they don't like the message. We're gonna stick to the message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and what He's called us to do. And we're gonna be a church that is committed to prayer and changing the atmosphere over our city. But it's gonna take commitment. It's gonna take you knowing that you're not gonna give up. It's gonna take you stop singing, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. It's not your song, you walk in victory. Come on, here, somebody. You're not coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Come on, come on. You, you're, going, you're going to have some days that are going to be challenging. That's okay. You're human. It's normal. But guess what? Even the child, I mean, what could be more challenging than Daniel being thrown in a lion's den? When's the last time you got thrown into a lion's den? Okay, you don't have no challenging days compared to what Daniel did because Daniel was committed to the word of God. And what I'm saying is that your life will change when you say committed to the Word of God. The enemy has strongholds all in your home and your money and your finances and your family, but you have authority over anything he can ever throw at you. You have power over it. Come on, you have power over it. Don't let the enemy intimidate you, but know who you are in God. I want you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet quickly. Somebody say, I am Somebody say, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am rich and not poor. I am healed and not sick. I have power and authority invested in me through Jesus Christ. Come on, you got to believe that today. You got to believe that. You got to believe that. God has put the church in the earth to preserve it. The Bible says we are the salt. (laughs) We're the salt. We're the salt of the earth. Watch this. Don't forget. uh, He looks to change the laws, morals, and customs. In Daniel 7 and 25, that's what he wants to do wear you out so while you distracted fighting the little demons (laughs) you distracted fighting each other you you distracted trying to build your world and he's just changing laws morals and customs church we got to wake up we got to wake up we got to wake up and stand strong we got to wake up and proclaim the gospel of jesus christ as the only thing that works are you hearing me here, somebody? It is not working sometimes or work... That, no, it is the only thing that works. Come on, it's somebody. It is. It is what we live for. It is our life manual. Don't let the enemy have the last say-so. I want to read this, I don't have this on the screen. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day in heaven, that all the stand, keep on standing. with all prayers and supplications in the spirit man you are God has armed you up you are not built to lose a battle you are built to win the battle come on here, somebody. you are built to win the battle so I want you just real quick and just lift those hands up and just ask God to strengthen you for the battle God help me to be the head and not the tail don't let me be weak God, you know my weaknesses. You know the part of my character that the enemy comes after to use for his glorification. But, Father, I ask that you take anything that's not like you. Take it out of me, God. Any part of my ways, any part of my behavior, any part of my character that the enemy comes to look for, I pray that when he comes back the next time, he'll find none of himself in me. Come on, I find he find none of his ways in me, none of his character in me, none of his thoughts going through my mind, but only the things of the kingdom, only the things of God will he find in me. Come on, let's just talk to him for a minute. Come on. Come on, ask God to make you a warrior. Come on, no rough side of the mountains. He said, I've given you power to speak to the mountain and command the mountain you're mountain movers not mountain climbers you are a mountain mover not a mountain climber your days of climbing mountains are over your days of climbing mountains You, everything you make my soul alive. You put your love, come on. I'm, I'm singing out your lovely name. I'm We have to be a church that stands for the word of God. I was reading something. I'm trying to find a slide that I put up here on Alice Bailey. You never heard of Alice Bailey back in the early 20th century. She worked with the United Nations. And put a... Agenda together to stop the Christian church. You think about before in the I Love Lucy days, you didn't even see a husband and wife kissing on TV. Now you can't even watch TV. Come on, yeah, come on, don't Come on. You know, back in the I Love Lucy days, they slept in separate beds in the same room. Now you got people who are the same sex, sleeping in the same bed. It's a whole different day, a whole different day. It's amazing when you see things have gone from this to this, and you say, Where's the church? Where, where's I can't find the church? And she had put together a 10-point plan in the early 20th century that was designed to stop the church and stop the kingdom culture from being spread. And it's amazing when you see the progress of that 10-point plan or how pretty much every point of that plan has taken effect in our society today. But the question is where is the church? (laughs) Where's the church? And so, look at this real quickly. A 10 point plan I'm going to read this to you. Here it goes. Was to one, take God and prayer out of the educational system. Reduce parental authority. This is Now, this is early 20th, early, early 20th century. Early 20th century. Amazing. Reduce parental authority over the children. Now, you can't tell your kids nothing no more, right? Destroy the traditional Christian family structure. If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Debase art and make it run mad. Use media to promote and change mindsets. Create an interfaith movement, and that one's unique. Because if you're part of any religious organization outside of your church, They have this interfaith thing where it's like, you know, well, you can be Muslim, you can be Buddhist, we're all going to come together, we serve the same God. No, we don't. No, we don't. Every mayor in every city has an interfaith day where all the, the religions come together. That's not God, church. Last one, it says, get governments to make all these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. Early 19th, early 20th century, this is putting these 10-point plans were put into place. Cause she believed that it takes 70 years in order to change a nation. 70 years. That was that was her mindset. 70 years. And the question is: where is the church? Where's the church? We fighting over who's doing this and who's doing that. Well, there's a real strategy of warfare going on behind the scenes. But I I need some committed people who say, I'm going to hold up the banner of the Word of God. Come on, is there anybody in here that's committed to holding up the banner of the Word of God? I want you to, this week, I want you to ask God what your assignment is in the kingdom. God, what's my assignment in the kingdom? Help me to be a part of the solution and not the problem. I remember when I first started studying and I saw that. I said, man, that was in the early 1900s. She's been, I think she's been dead since the 40s. But her organization continues to push those 10 points, push them through society. Because the enemy has a plan. But how many people know that God's plan is greater than his plan? Come on, does anybody know that? God's plan is greater than... Father, we thank you for everyone that is here today, as they have heard this word. Let this word now fall on deaf ears, but let it be rooted and grounded in good soil. And Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Real quickly before we go, I want you to get your seed in your hand. Get your seed in your hand. So when you pray this week, y'all gonna pray this week, right? Come on, need some pray. Y'all gonna pray this week? Pray for our church, pray for our city, pray for the mayor, pray for those in authority. Pray for your block, pray for your neighbors, pray for your loved ones. How many people know some blinded people? Come on. We're going to pray that the blindness come off of their eyes. Next week I'm going to be praying for the blindness of your loved ones to come off of their eyes. So I'm asking everyone this week: Let's take one day this week where you're gonna give up one meal. All right. So on Wednesday, now I know I know we eat four meals a day, five. <laughs> how many meals you eat? But I'm asking you to skip one meal one day this week. Can you do that? All right. Go skip two. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> two. All right. All right. Skip a meal, and not because you wanna lose weight, but because you're gonna be praying. All right so Wednesdays your day I'm not going to eat breakfast pastor I'm just going to skip breakfast I want you to be prayerful that day I want you to be prayerful because next week we're going to be praying for your loved ones that, that you've been praying you've been praying believing in God your neighbors, your friends and it's feeling like the blindness on, on their eyes we're going to pray that that blindness come off their eyes how many people believe that God can remove that blindness come on that God can remove that blindness and they see things from a warped perspective they got their own way, their own measure and I always love it. Lower it down a little bit, guys. So bring it down a little bit. Bring the music down a little bit. I always love when people tell me, you know, what they believe and don't believe. I said, Well, have you read the Bible cover to cover? I mean, I mean, if you, you want to debate with me, at least at least read the Bible that you're debating from. You know, and, and I always talk. I, I taught Bible school for almost uh, seven, eight years. Bible college, and I said, At least read the book before you want to come and tell me what's not real and what is real. Let me know where your basing is from. Let's talk about this. From cover to cover right because the enemy who knows how to take give you give somebody a piece of something and they build their whole argument around a piece of incorrect information how many people know somebody <laughs> like that right right that's a stronghold but next week we're gonna be praying for those blinded loved ones so I want you to come ready we're gonna be praying we're gonna pray pray for those blinded loved ones that that blindness will come off of their eyes Father, we thank you for every seed that's been planted today. As they release seed, you release harvest. We give you praise and we thank you for the blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. And don't forget, if you didn't give by envelope, you can give by app. This ministry does not, we don't have chicken dinners. We don't have...